Hello and welcome back to another Hansei podcast. Before we start, I'm actually going to be announcing a new format that we're going to be trying out. And by we, I mean me and my girlfriend Winnie, who is also a part of Hansei. And it's going to be us two having conversations about various topics that deal with personal and professional development. So to kick this off, we're going to be doing an introductory episode about pitch decks where I talk to her about some of the fundamental things she thinks people need to know in order to create a good pitch deck. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get this episode started. What do you think is the most important part of the deck that anyone should consider when making it? In the way the information flows and if it's understandable by the user. That's usually something that people don't really think about in the beginning. And the other thing is thinking about who's reading it, what setting they're reading it. Is it on a, like a monitor or is it on a TV? Oh, so the medium of which they, they read it is also super important too because that determines how you would present it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, for example, if you know the audience that this deck will be viewed by is someone in a older age group, the font size that you choose has to be a little bit bigger. Mm. Like, just very small details. How do you determine all of that? Well, first I have to understand who the audience is and what their needs are. and why we're making this deck to start with Mm -hmm. the purpose of this deck i think by the end of you making a deck you should be able to answer this one question and that is what is the one takeaway you want whoever's reading it to take away from this whole entire experience of reading your deck uh yeah i never really hear that when other people speak about their decks you know um do you feel like it's really bad when people just put as much information as possible on there. Um, Because I know, for example, I've seen decks where they want to throw in a bunch of numbers, they want to throw in sponsors, people that they've worked with, projects that they've done. It's it's a lot of information on a deck. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's more about providing enough information and if that information is actually adding value to your audience. Mm Mm-hmm. And if it's not adding value, then why is it there? And if you can't answer why a certain element is in the deck, then delete it. It's about what's necessary. And yeah. um, you speak a lot about your audience. How do you, with, with the people that you create the decks for, right, your clients, how do you determine what the, who the audience are? Then you start asking, well, who will be reading it? Is it executives in a company or is it just like a partnership manager and after you figure out that what do those people look for what brings value to them in each brand um they have their own values and certain things that they look for when they're collaborating with other brands or content creators do you usually do this across a single meeting or multiple meetings how do you How do you get them to want to talk about these requirements that you're looking for in the first place? Because maybe, you know, they might be strapped for time or they might not even understand the necessity of this process. Um, I think in the beginning, it's important to set up a first initial meeting. And it's usually, why are we making this? And then let them talk about who would be reading it. What's the purpose? What do they want to get out of it? And what value are they bringing there? clients and then i will ask them more questions as they speak more it's me listening engaging where they are at and 
where their clients are at. It's almost, it's weird, but it's almost like me getting into their head so I can think more like them. And once you find out all that information, what do you, what do you go and, and, and do with it? Like, how do you compile all this information, right? Because I assume the meeting is, is um, you know, somewhat long, maybe 30 minutes to an hour, maybe longer sometimes, and there's a lot to sift through. How do you figure out what to do with the information and how to order it, compile it? Um, so usually there's a lot of information that people tell you or like talk to you about, but you don't exactly need to include those in a deck. Um, and what I usually do is I start before I even go into whatever program I end up using for a deck, I would make an outline and send it back to my clients and make sure that I am including everything that is of value to them. And once that gets approved, I start working on the storytelling side of the deck. Um, just because you outlined it doesn't mean that is the order that you should be putting your deck in. It's, it's hard to explain, but it's more like just because it works in an outline doesn't mean when someone's flipping through those pages, it makes sense. Yeah, and this is where storytelling comes in. Yeah. Um, and usually through a deck, you should be putting in like the audiences. So when I say audience, it's more like the reader. Um, so whatever the reader's pain point is, you have to include that in there and how your brand can help solve their problem. That's why I also believe that there is no one deck that works for all clients. Um, I think you should tweak your decks like you tweak your resumes when you're applying for a specific role. Yeah, I remember you telling me um, when when we were working together on some projects that you really don't like templates. Yeah, because they... So templates, it serves a very general audience, right? And it's usually the details that you put into a project or... Um, your work that speaks to other people and if you send the same resume to a tech company compared to a finance company they might not need the same skills mm -hmm. and even though they they alter the information right and it, it is different because contextually the information has to be per whatever the client is looking for or whoever they're trying to pitch it to but you're talking about in terms of like structure as well right depending on who's reading it and how visually it looks too, depending on who is actually trying to read it. I think there is like a core, like I, I do believe that there is a core list of information that you should include, like what your organization is about, what projects you guys have done, what um, value have you brought to your audiences. I think that those things are important, but when you make a specific deck for someone that you want to work with, you want them to know that you care. And the other thing is you want them to know that you understand them. Nobody wants to work with someone that doesn't know what their brands are about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it just ends up confusing you. It, it makes you not understand really what you're doing this for or what they believe in. Um, you know, so while technically they, they may be the person to do this, you don't really understand um, what's it like to be working with them or how is your audience going to react to it and all these other questions that may not be answered um, through just the technical details alone. 
when you're when you're talking about like storytelling in a deck um i understand storytelling from a content creating perspective right and in a way like creating the, a deck is kind of like creating content how do you what how do you go about structuring the story for a person i know you said it's it's very different from person to person mm -hmm. but is there like general rules that you follow in order to um build a story that is easily um that's easy for whoever's reading it to follow um that's a good question it's been something that i've been trying to figure out how to explain to people and i don't know if i'm fully there yet but if you think about when we learned about storytelling in like elementary school there's always a beginning middle and an end so I think of the beginning more as like an intro. You can talk about yourself, what you guys are about, what you guys believe in, your values. And then the middle part, you could probably talk about what the other company believes in, their pain points. And then at the end, you talk about the resolution of you guys working together and what impact, I think that's really important, what impact can you have not only on their business, but also on their clients mm. and their audience. Yeah, I think impact matters a lot, right? Because at the end, of, at the end of the day, we want to get stuff done, mm -hmm. but we want to make sure it gets done in the best possible way that provides value to all parties around. Yeah, and the reason why storytelling is really hard is because every brand looks for something different. Some brands might be looking for um, awareness because they're just entering a new industry. Other brands might be looking for revenue. Um, so it's very different and you need to understand exactly what they're looking for to be able to craft a deck that's customized for them. Mm -hmm. And that's that just goes all the way back to like the initial meeting with the client, figuring out exactly what they're trying to say, who they're trying to say it to, um, the impact that they want to have, and all these other requirements. Um, so going through the process, right? We have the meeting, we have a storytelling structure, or we have like a purpose for for doing storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and 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 we as people, we as creatives and professionals, we're always trying to hone our crafts and get better, mm -hmm. right? So. Um, eventually you're going to have the answer that you said you're still developing, which is, which is great. Cause I want to hear that someday a fully fleshed out, um, you know, concepts, right. Or, or even like a process. Um, but moving on now we have this information, we have a structure. How do you decide how to visually, um, how to visually, what do you call it? I guess like implement or, or execute this deck. So... When we talk about adding visuals to a deck, usually what I see is a lot of people slap photos on there, just to slap photos on there. And if your photo is not adding value to the meaning of that page, it's better to have the page blank because you're just confusing the reader at that point. Um, confusing so the reader how? Confusing the reader in a sense where, like, uh, what's a good example? Like, if your whole thing is about the interior design of a restaurant, but you put a picture of a car, that mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. 
And you've seen those before where they just have like completely unrelated pictures. Yeah. So yeah. if your picture is not providing value, it's better to just not even put a picture. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is white spaces are good because it allows the information to breathe. When I say breathe, I don't mean literally breathing. It's more like it allows your eyes to focus on one thing. Uh-huh. And let's take a step back. Like what, um, I, you know... You and I, we both trained in design. Uh, you more so than I, very, very much. But like, what, what is white space? White space? White space is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yes. White space is your friend. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, I think what I've seen a lot of people do in the beginning is that they're scared of having blank space on a page. And... Well, when you have white space, it allows people to have a focal point. So, for example, if your piece of, there's a piece of paper in front of you, it's filled with all types of drawings. And you look at it, you don't know where to look at first. But if that whole piece of paper only has one black dot on it, where are you going to look first? The black dot. Exactly. So I think that also brings into kind of the next point I kind of want to talk about is information hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, every page that you make you kind of have to think about what do I want them to read first what information on this page is important do I want them to read the title first or am I trying to point them to the photo all that kind of matters because that's part of the storytelling right you're trying to guide your reader to look at each page the way you intended for them to look at it Mm. you're almost creating this frame and a lens for them to read your deck through yeah and you being the designer of the deck um your job is to guide them through the deck in in a very like smooth way Mm -hmm. i think one um easy way to kind of see if your deck flows really well is i would start with um the titles of each page and 90% of the time when I'm working on a deck, it looks really bad. And the last 10% of it, when I'm working on it, that's when it starts looking good. But in the beginning, 90% of the time, it looks really, really bad. So it's just a rough draft Mm -hmm. for like most of it, right? Until you can refine. Yeah. So usually what I do is I try to slap everything onto a page and um, according to the outline that I've done before, and then I would skip around to see if... The flow of information makes sense. And then I will work on the titles of each page and make sure that at least the titles, because titles are usually the things that people read first, right? And it summarizes the information on your page. So I would I would work on the titles second and make sure that the titles make sense and then start filling in the information. And on each slide, when I fill in the information, I don't go over like three points that I'm trying to make on that page. Because then you start overwhelming other people with everything. They don't understand, wait, what's the point of this page again? What's the main idea? Yeah. 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 I think it's really cool, actually, now that you explain it. You're even... While you are taking information hierarchy into consideration, 
the way you go about designing your decks also use the concept of information hierarchy, right? You always start off with um, the big main idea, mm-hmm. which are like the title pages, and then you slowly work your way down into more details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually you would think about the big direction, the big idea first. It's kind of like if you think about it back to like middle school, high school, when you read a book, the teacher's always like, oh, what's the main idea? So that's kind of going back to what is the purpose of this deck? Mm-hmm. And then you think about like the chapters or kind of like your title pages and then all the details that go into it. Like some books have pictures and some books all just have text. But even the way that the author guides you through the entire story, there's like a beginning, middle and an end. Yeah. And, and what do you for for people who want to understand information hierarchy and understand how to make more um how to make decks that are visually accessible i would say visually accessible right easier to read easier mm-hmm. to understand um what where should where should a person go to learn this stuff or what concepts should they learn uh storytelling is a really good concept um the other thing is learn to listen to your audience um listen to not just your clients but also their audience their fans their community what brings value to them and sometimes it's okay to go to your client and say hey i have an idea that i think would be really cool for your community because i've heard x y and z from them and i think this idea can incorporate what they love but also still aligns with your business goals and when you do that you bring more value to your clients other than just making a deck Mm -hmm. yeah i think um there's someone that you that you when you talk about um storytelling and I know you talk about that a lot it's kind of almost like the 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 core of how you approach everything and you're a big fan of that um is there is there a person that someone could look up in particular to learn storytelling better from I love Nancy Duarte um she has an agency where they solely just make pitch decks and they're beautiful like if you go on her website the storytelling of it is really really good all of it makes sense and her imagery that she uses on there connects to the stats um that she puts on the page and every page basically can be its own campaign like ad campaign you can pull it out and it would speak for itself wow that's pretty crazy oh that's I remember one of the decks that you did, right? You did that mm-hmm. too. You made sure that because it, it was more of an informative deck, but you made yeah. sure that um, each page of that deck could be pulled out to give into each individual role within that production. So yeah. people know what so, to do. Uh, with that, so I, I guess the other thing is like, what's the purpose of your deck, but also what kind of deck it is. I think there is a huge difference between a um, sponsorship slash partnership deck versus something like, an operations manual versus something like a capabilities deck like it's all different there's so many types in there um i think the one that you were talking about is the operations manual and that's when um it was for an event and there was a lot of like third party vendors that worked only on the day of the event and parts of that deck has like credential information which would be useful for people that are like security or people staff who just guards the the 
make sure that everyone's in the places that they're supposed to be and no one enters the places that they're not supposed to be so when i was making that deck i put into consideration that they might have to print those pages out individually um and hand them out to people so i made sure for that specific deck that things can be looked at um individually and they still had enough contacts on each page and even if they're separated from the main thing it still would make sense by itself yeah and, and that's like taking the audience to consideration right mm -hmm. yeah i think the other that's i think that's why like thinking about how your deck is going to be used or where people are going to view it is also something that's really important it's like thinking about where it's going to live um so is it like is your client going to present this deck if they're going to be presenting it then they will have talking points so maybe your paragraphs can be shorter and you just condense it into main points but then afterwards they might ask you to send them the deck then that deck might need to be a different version with more explanation because you're not there in person to explain it to them so that's really important to think about like how is your deck going to be used afterwards are you mm -hmm. presenting it in person or are you just sending it out and you're not there? And if you're not there, your deck better be able to speak for itself. Oh, I like that. Having the deck speak for itself, mm -hmm. right? Um, because I think there's a huge association with like a deck and needing to present it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at least like from that's that's how I have perceived it and, and how I've seen other people perceive it. Uh, I think it's just because of how we grew up with PowerPoint presentations yes. in class and everything. <laughs> um like that that's 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 really cool is there are there like any big things that people should not do when it comes to creating your deck we talked a lot about like what you've done what works and so you know because we've seen it work those are things that you should do but what about the things that don't um work yeah don't throw everything i think um it's important to be able to slowly narrow down the things that you want to put in a deck um usually in the beginning i sometimes would throw everything into a deck and then afterwards when i go through it in presenter mode i would start deleting things um and thinking so i would start with the longest deck possible and then i would narrow it down the version that i present would be the shortest version possible to have all the information that's valuable to your clients mm -hmm. um because one, you value other people's time. They don't have time to sit there for like over an hour to read through this deck. Two, um, you... I forgot my point. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we're kind of we're zoning, right? We're going through it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, well, what, else, what else should people not do? Um... I got one that I've seen. What? Um, people shouldn't be using really fancy fonts. Oh, yes. If you're not a graphic designer, please don't use more than one font. It's okay if you bold it, italicize it, but some fonts just don't work well together. And it could make your deck look very, very childish. Or tacky. Or tacky. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say like stick to 
to very safe fonts. I know it doesn't look that amazing, but then again, simplicity is beautiful. I mean, there's a lot of really good fonts that you can use on even just Google fonts. You don't need to have a huge, crazy library of it. Yeah. Like uh, Roboto is one of the really good ones to use. Yep, you can find those on Google Fonts or mm -hmm. even like um, ones that are already like pre-installed in a on lot of computer, software. Yep. Yeah, like Verdanda. Yeah. Yeah, Verdanda or Verdanda uh, and uh, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, those are really good safe fonts too. Yeah. But try not to use more than two. I mean, I said one earlier because I feel like everyone shouldn't Unless you're really good at pairing fonts, you shouldn't be using more than one. But I know sometimes it's hard for people, so use two max. Mm -hmm. What about the colors? <sighs> Don't go crazy with the colors. Yeah. I think if you use really... I, I think the one thing if people want to learn it is learn to use powerful imagery. If you can use one photo... I mean, there's a reason why people say a photo is... A picture is worth a million words or something mm -hmm. because if you can find that one powerful photo that can tell your whole entire story your words don't even matter yeah plus the other thing is if you send this deck to someone in their email you're not presenting it the chances are they're probably just going to be skipping through it and if it doesn't look cool i guess or like if it looks too busy and they can't find the information that they want within i don't know like 30 seconds they're probably just gonna close it unless you already have a good relationship with that person mm, yeah now that i think about it when i when i'm thinking back to all the decks that i've seen you create you've never used more than like at like more than two at most right but mm -hmm. most of the time it's just one image and that image kind of summarizes the whole meaning of that page mm -hmm. um you know you and and if like the client doesn't call for it right if it's not like if it's not like part of their brand to be super bright and and colorful and stuff like that, you usually keep it like pretty pretty simple with, um, you know, using the brand's like colors as accents. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're still keeping it on brand to to whoever you're creating it. So for. a small tip that I have, I guess, is, um, say you're creating a deck for like HyperX. Their colors are red. Incorporate some red in there, and maybe your whole entire deck is just black, gray, white, and red. But because you're using their colors, when they're reading it, it feels like you're speaking to them. It's like, at least you notice our colors. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have your own, you know, like, your own brand colors, you can incorporate those too. And then they can see, oh, our color is working with your colors. But don't add more than your brand colors and their brand colors. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a photo. But yeah, yeah, unless it's a photo. There, There is a lot of information about decks that I think we could go on for, like, Hours. more yeah more than one hour with um and i i realize now that this is this is going to be a very fun topic to continue exploring mm -hmm. as we continue to create more content together um you know to share more information that we've learned over time i'm i'm really um, excited to have winnie share all of her knowledge and, and continuing to work with me to share that knowledge too but i think for now i i would like you guys the audience people listening to uh, this podcast to kind of just digest everything that we've said mm -hmm. and really internalize it, you know, and if if anything, because I know we threw a lot of information out there, like just take one thing that you think would be easier for you to execute, whether it's the storytelling, whether it's information hierarchy, maybe it's just having 
those meetings right with mm-hmm. your clients to figure out exactly what they want and i think there's no such thing as um over communication mm-hmm. right um i think the important thing is to listen to your audience if that's the only thing that you take away from this whole entire episode because i also understand that not everyone is a graphic designer and not everyone comes from a background of design but as long as you listen to what the reader wants and bring value and impact to them that's like the minimum thing that you should include in any pitch deck yeah and i and i think this has been a very good um productive conversation so thank you so much winnie for for hopping on and 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 doing this first talk with me and we will see you guys in a future episode thank you so much for watching listening 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 Listening. (laughs) listening we still got some practicing to do all right i'll see you guys next time peace out